0: Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. Uh, I'm Arkita, and this week we're doing things differently because Jenny and Danielle are not joining us today. Uh, but we do have two special guests, Rachel and Geisha. Say hi.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Um, so when we have our guests, when we have guests on, we like to ask what their pronouns are. I use she, her, hers. Uh, what are yours, Rachel? Why don't you start? I use she, her, hers. For me, the same. She, her, hers. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about cosplay and its relationship with anxiety and depression. Um, so tell me, Rachel, how did you get into cosplay?
2: Oh, um, I guess. I got into cosplay because I had been going to cons for years and, and, you know, seeing the cosplay and taking photos of cosplay and then going to panels and that sort of played out for me. And I really didn't, I I wanted to be part of it in a deeper way. Uh, So just started doing the costumes as well.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds like fun. What about you, Geisha?
3: For me, I've always been in costume long before I even knew what cosplay was because I just loved Halloween. Um, but it wasn't until I came to New York and I was attending college that I ran into my soon-to-be future best friend, aka sister, and she basically was like, Oh, you like dressing up and you go to the gothic clubs. This is where you belong. It's called cosplay. And it's been history ever since. All
0: right. Yeah. I feel like I also have a similar story. I got I don't even know how I got into cop I think I got into it unexpectedly I went to like my first convention which was like New York Comic Con when it was anime fest back in high school and I was like I'm just gonna make a costume and wear it there not knowing that that's a thing that people do
2: so you didn't know that people wore costumes you just wanted to
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went
3: to the cool. cherry blossom festival like I would go to the gothic clubs in New York and everyone had an outfit right but you didn't have gothic clothes for curvy people. So I had to make my own costumes just in general. And unbeknownst to me, that's like one of the proponents of being a cosplayer. And so I would go to the store, buy different pieces. I didn't know how to sew yet. And I would just piece together an outfit, hit the club and boom. And then I'd go to like the Cherry Blossom Festival. Didn't know that that was also a thing there too. And so when people ran into me and I, and I made friends... Later on, did I find out that this is, hey, a cosplay community. So it was like, oh, this is a thing. Not just me being weird. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I think I really just thought it was just me being weird. I was like, I'm just showing up in costume. Like, this is what I do. This is normal. Right? Yeah. But I also feel like when I first started going cosplay, I don't know. I didn't see that much of it. But I think the first time I had gone to like a convention was 2008 or seven. And that was like the first time and I don't think it was quite to the extent that it is now.
2: No, it wasn't no. back then. I mean back then cosplay was like that meant anime, right? Like Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone else said that they were a costumer.
0: Yes. Um Yes. Yes. And my first cosplay was Harley Quinn. <laughs> so yeah. Of course. It was like I threw together some Victorian looking Harley Quinn thing. I was like, I can wear this outside, right? Yeah, sure. right yeah But what are some things that you love and hate about cosplay (laughs) is it a list
3: um let's start with the loves right yeah let's do that (laughs) (laughs) um things things i love about cosplay uh the fact that it's uh it's it's a space where you can express yourself artistically And there's no particular traditional means to do so, whether it's expressing yourself through ridiculous high hair, or you want to be very intricate with special effects makeup, or if you're really good at sewing, you can put your love of of expression through that, that way and wear a particular outfit. Um, Or if you like to sculpt and you like to wear huge hulking pieces of thermoplastic, that's allowed, that's, you know, accepted and understood um, and embraced. I, I like that, that aspect, the embracing of, the work and the expression through different mediums. Cause sometimes depending on like the artistic scene, it's like, Oh, well, you know, if you draw with pen and paper, that's, you know, a lesser thing as opposed to like oil painting or sculpting at a particular clay. And I feel that all of it is art. It's all art, but depending on the scene that you're in, folks tend to frown on the medium that you use. And for cosplay, because it's such a cornucopia of, of different things, you can use anything. Like, I, I loved the days back in the day where people could make their costumes out of cardboard. Like, to me, I still find that amazing to this day. Warbler is great, but if I see you make a Transformers costume, and you look the part, and that's all out of cardboard still? I'm more amazed at that than anybody coming to me with, like, the official Ava foam, this blah, blah, blah. That's great, too. But I'm, I have a special appreciation and respect for the person with the old school materials.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I yeah. remember those.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, back when I started, there was no YouTube. There was no, like, tutorials. There were no patterns. You didn't – that did not exist. You were just lost and, and just banging things together with this vision in your head. Like, it'll work. It'll work. And for me, I don't know how to – I'm not trained. I don't – I taught myself how to sew. I You know, so I I didn't know what you couldn't do. So I just did it anyway, and it worked.
0: I feel like there's nothing you can't do, though. Like I feel as though why constrict yourself when the sky's the limit? You can literally do whatever you want, and it's still well, cosplay, yeah, you and can. I fun.
2: mean, but you know, like there's there's rules, right? You're not supposed to mix certain fabrics because it's difficult to sew them, or you should uh, use a yeah. specific needle, and you know, like I did not know any of those <laughs> things. So I just. Okay. I just did them and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't and half the time I didn't even know why it wasn't working I just changed to something else until it did work
0: you know sometimes I feel bad because I feel like I kind of cheated the system because I started studying fashion at 14 so I already was like started sewing I already knew what I was (laughs) doing
2: right I mean to this day though for me every single thing I make I have no idea how to make it
0: everything no clue, but I feel like everything you've made has been like phenomenal. Everything that you've got, you both make is phenomenal. But that's what I
2: like about cosplays. I like figuring out how to make stuff. I hate making it though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what about the things you dislike about cosplay outside of making it?
3: Uh, for me, I, generally, I, I usually look at every design as a puzzle, and I, I like to break it down and break it apart. And there's a lot of work that goes into that, and that's that's a fun aspect. But what I think is not fun is that after taking all that time and research and study and execution, and you present it to the public, when people fail to appreciate your cosplay as the art that it is, and they decide to tack on, um, the status quo standards that literally our community was created not to have to uphold. And they apply that because they feel that, oh, well it's mainstream now. And therefore now all of these rules, you know, that didn't apply somehow have to now. I don't like that aspect. I I feel that you can love something and it can still be mainstream and now widely known, but it could still be the same thing that it's always been. Why do we as a community have to change and now set these either unattainable or I feel just completely unnecessary goals to look like people who we literally were chastised by? Like, you know, I don't, I shouldn't have to now aspire to be a size two and make my costume at the skill Mm -hmm. level that I have and somehow want like everyone to, you know, be that way also. Like, I know I'm still the same person that wanted to wear my moon face costume back at the goth club when everybody was wearing black and blue and I wanted to come in there with white and purple and everyone was looking at me like what are you doing and I'm like I have a character, and she's a vampire. And yes, she doesn't wear black today. So, like, I like being my own trendsetter. I shouldn't have to somehow change or conform. Like, our our community was its own special society. Why why do we have to change that? And so, I think that's right now one of the biggest things I don't like about the community and cosplay is that it seems that you can't you can't be you anymore. And I'm like, isn't that the whole point of what we're doing? Is to be ourselves
2: and express ourselves the way we want to? yeah Yeah, agreed all of those things
0: (laughs) what about (laughs) you rachel
2: i guess the thing i don't like the most is that it's i guess this is a social media problem maybe more than more than a cosplay problem but you know if the first time anyone finds out what cosplay is and you explain to them that it's not a sex thing unless you want it to be but it's not it's not a sex thing you know they're like "Oh, okay well how do you make money at it and i'm like well I, i don't make money Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm not a professional. And yeah, you can be a professional cosplayer. But being a professional, making your living at it doesn't mean that you're necessarily, quote unquote, better than anyone else. Uh, You know, I have a day job and that allows me to buy the fabrics that I want to buy. You know, like I don't have to I don't have to figure out how to make something that the cheapest way possible. I can do it the way that I want to because I have, you know, a job. And it's a hobby for me, and I don't I don't answer to anyone. I don't have to think about sponsors. I don't have to do a cos- a costume because it's popular, you know. So I just do what I want, even if no one knows what I am, which has totally happened before. Uh, so that that part I don't like that part where it's like you're if you're not making money at it, then you're not serious,
0: you know. Mm. Yeah. Do either of you have a favorite cosplay that you've worked on?
2: That's really hard. <laughs> oh man, that's that's. That's
0: a long list. Is it, is it like yeah. trying to pick your favorite child? Yeah.
2: It's, <laughs> whew, man. Okay. Or like trying to fix, like trying to like work, like they traumatize you in a way.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> like children do.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, cause like I said before, everything I make, I have no idea how I'm going to make it. And half the time I'll look at it when it's done and be like, I don't know how I got here. Like, you know, I didn't sleep for three weeks and I made this, so I don't remember, <laughs> but somehow I did. So, yeah, some of those are, you get that kind of, like, that, like, post-battle mentality where you're like, that one was a good fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one fought back. Yeah. I like that one.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm in the fight right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think, well, I guess if you ask other people, they would probably say that they they really like me for my Starfire. Um, so that's definitely one of the top if if not the top simply because of what she symbolizes uh, from like my cosplay I guess life or career or however you want to put it um, because once I wore that costume for Wizard World Philadelphia a lot of things changed for me and I, apparently a lot of things changed for a lot of other people too because by me wearing that and being at the time the first uh, dark skin cosplayer that was plus size uh to do that cosplay that i guess gave a lot of other people the encouragement to go ahead and not only just cosplay but cosplay characters that would be considered i guess more sexy or skin revealing um that honestly wasn't like my mission i just wanted to cosplay the character and i just worked really hard to get the courage to do so because i really really adored that character for a multitude of reasons and once I had completed the costume, and like uh, Rachel said earlier, with the whole like battle, that was my thir- first time playing around with thermoplastics and making armor. So that's my first armor cosplay. And uh, it's, it's an experience having to wear it. I don't think people realize that when you're wearing armor cosplay, depending on, on how the pieces are cut, you do feel battle-worn at the end of the day. And so... Even though people may look at it and be like, oh, it doesn't seem like there's much going on there as far as the complexity. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm melting. My neck can only rotate but so much. My arms can only bend but so much, you know. So yeah, I'm I'm punching you forward because I really can't punch you from the side because it's not designed the content design that way. Um, so I, I would say like that, that's one of the top favorites. Uh, second to that right now is my original character, Elunis, which got turned into my Queen Ariel. Um, I love being that character. I love the mermaid gown, the sequence, the reverse sequence uh, fabric is, whew, man, uh, I love my sister. Sorry, little heaven. I love you. And I know I want to make another gown with that because, oh my God, that fabric is so difficult to work with. Um, But the effect is phenomenal. Um, So that's definitely like right up there, neck and neck number two, one and two.
2: I guess for me. The two that have made the most like social media impact I think that people might like follow me for are I have um, a Cersei, a Queen Cersei that I made from the seventh season of Game of Thrones. And uh, I used the screen accurate fabric. And for a while, I was the only person who made that particular dress, although, um, you know, many others have now made wonderful versions of that dress. Uh, so that got me a little bit of attention. Uh, and then I have a gender bent Thrawn that I've taken to many conventions, including Star Wars Celebration. So that one's ended up on a lot of articles as well. And that one's really fun, just because everyone loves Thrawn.
0: Yeah. And aren't you wearing body paint? Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. So it's it's all blue with the red eyes and then the white uniform. So it's striking. Um, and I've met, I've been fortunate enough to meet Timothy Zahn uh, when I've been wearing it. So that's really cool,
0: too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He created that character.
0: It's pretty exciting. Yeah. And do either of you have any cosplays that you're working on now that you're excited to debut?
3: Currently... I have a lot of wigs that I'm designing. Um, there's one I have a I have a Japanese katsura that I'm working on right now. That's going to end up being a gift for an artist um, that I've known for a long time, and their their comic has been one of the, I guess, one of the top representation of Asian Americans in um, in comics in general. Uh, the character is she and so um i grew up with that comic and it was amazing because i was like wow here is an asian female that's a superhero and she's not being stereotypically fetishized the artwork has always been like really really nice in expressing the female form without being i felt like too exaggerated and the watercolor artwork that tends to get used within the the comic is so visually expressive of emotion. I was just like amazed at the, at the work. So I'm, I'm making this Katsuda as a gift for this particular artist. And I really, really hope that they really enjoy it. Uh, But outside of that, I am doing a lot of sketches for things that I'm going to do for next year. So right now with all the different shows I've done, I haven't had the chance to really make anything brand new from scratch for the end of the season, but come the beginning of next year there's going to be a few new designs that i'm going to release as costumes so i'm i'm anxiously awaiting for that
0: i'm excited
2: for that too and wigs are hard props for that wigs are so hard (laughs) so hard I guess I actually debuted uh my big cosplay for the year already at emerald city, but i'm bringing I'm bringing it back for Dragon con, so I'm excited to just bring it back uh and hang out with people and um I did uh general Amaya from the dragon prince so oh. yeah, she's like a full set of armor with a giant shield on her back uh so and you know she's just everyone's favorite so i I don't know i've I've usually done villains, but lately I've been doing characters that people actually like like heroic characters which is it's a different experience so I I enjoy that
0: and I know Rachel you had said earlier that getting to the end of your cosplay or during the build of your cosplay is like a battle so like Mm -hmm. how do you deal with anxiety or like depression during those cosplay builds
2: uh so I do get very anxious when I'm making stuff um I tend to be uh I have hyper focus issues so I will not sleep, not eat, not get up, work for hours and hours and hours and hours. And it doesn't – I don't feel it, right? Because I'm so hyper-focused into the task to the point where like even if I do sleep in my dreams, I'm building it and figuring out how to build something that I don't know how to build, which sometimes works out. I wake up and go, now I know what I'm doing. And sometimes I wake up and I think, what what, what was that logic? Why did I think that would work? Uh, so – Uh, Just kind of allowing myself the time to make mistakes is a really huge deal for me. Like when I sit down and schedule out how much time I have for something, um, what I what I tend to do is put goalposts on the calendar and say, I want to be done with this piece or with these three tasks by this date. And I always build in at least an extra day so that if I mess up or I need to sleep or crash, I can do that because when you don't, you get sick.
0: That is really smart. I did not even think about scheduling an extra day.
2: Or multiple days.
3: Or, I try yeah. to schedule mm. in,
0: like, yeah.
2: That is smart.
0: That's mm-hmm.
2: smart.
0: What about you, Geisha?
3: For me, yeah, not doing things at the last minute is definitely something Uh, for me I've been trying to be better at for a very long time. And it's it's one of those things where, like, you know when the convention is. And you try your best to set up your calendar. And then you have to manage your time of like when to get the materials, hoping it gets shipped in on time. And then once you have all the materials, you have to then work on the actual stuff. And it just seems like depending on the complexity of that costume, life chooses to either give you time and space or when you really, really need it. It's like, oh, well, you have this and that and this and that. And at some point in time, you're going to find a, 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 a niche of time to actually work on your stuff. And one of the things that me and my sister have been really, really good at has been I feel our superpower is both perseverance and being able to create something with a ridiculously short deadline. Whether that's because we've had way too many moments where we had a short amount of time due to just life itself, or that's just like a special innate ability—I don't know—but we really seem to be really, really good at that. Working without food and sleep is definitely something that I am all too familiar with, and I highly advise against (laughs) it. Yes, highly (laughs) advise against it. That is definitely like you know last moment use a phoenix down if you have to burn that midnight oil. But for me, I, I try to have access to like reminders on my phone. I literally have multiple reminders on my phone of when I'm supposed to have my breakfast, my midday snacks, my lunch, my dinner, water, drinking water (laughs) regularly. Um, cause when you, when you know you're doing not so much a con crunch, but like when you, when you're working in the midst of a project, you have to make sure that you have a clear and focused mind ideally, because then when you run into problems, there's less of a chance to have, Um, a serious anxiety break I feel when you are mentally nourished and focused small mistakes feel like gigantic ones when you're frantic and you're not thinking straight because your brain hasn't had a chance to rest so when I hear people talk about con crunches I I get really really like really sensitive on that thing because I'm like I know what that feels like and I'm like no that's not good because if if you know you only have like three weeks to do something and you're in the midst of a con crunch and you haven't slept it doesn't matter that you have an extra five days or an extra two days. You're going to feel like you only have two hours because you mentally cannot think through the problems that are going to come your way. And this is cosplay. We, we all know from experience that anything can happen. Your hot glue can die on you. Your war can just decide that physics doesn't matter and it won't stick. Like stuff happens. But we have to help our, ourselves internally to prepare for those mistakes that will inevitably occur. The better I feel that people get with that, even if it's a matter, like I said, setting your alarm, having a friend who will tell you to eat um, or a parent, even having something in the background just to like help you zone out in between as you're working just so that you're not so you know, super-duper narrowed in, that's so crucial for your mental health and self-care and i don't think anybody realizes that too. It's cosplay, it's great, we love it, but you have to have self-care. You really do because as artists, we burn out way too easy and and we do it to ourselves and we're all, you know, masochists when it comes to this because we know in the end it's going to come out wonderful, but we need to start treating
2: ourselves a lot better. <laughs> yeah, i was really bad about that. I used to i used to crunch really terribly and um then I had some things happen to me that made me realize that, you know, that stuff doesn't. It's not. It, you mm-hmm. can't help it if something goes wrong. If something goes bad, you, you, there are some things you just can't recover from, and it has mm-hmm. to be okay, right? You can't put so much time, effort, money, lack of sleep. Like you know, you tr- you know, it's like if you're if you're working all night on something and then you go to your job the next day, then your job is you know suffering like. Mm-hmm. Those things you just have to say goodbye to, you can't do that. Um, no. So I've been trying to give myself a lot more time to work on things. Uh, what that actually ends up looking like <laughs> depends. Uh, but it's I think this year has been much better for me than last year, trying to be mindful of those things and knowing that I you know, like this year I didn't crunch very hard during the summer because I knew that I hadn't seen people for years because of the Dragon Con Crunch you know, like no one was hanging out with me anymore. I d- I was missing birthdays and stuff like every year, this oh, like, wow. like a tired, you know, like, Oh, I can't go got to do the dragon con crunch. And Everybody's like, oh, Okay, well, you suck. So I you know, I made that choice to to spread my work further along um, earlier in the year, so that I would have more time. And that's actually been really great. You have to think ahead, right? You can't like mm-hmm. add a random con in the middle or Mm-mm. decide last minute you're doing another costume. I mean, that happens to all of us. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I stuck to it this year, and it helped me a lot. Uh, that's good.
0: That's good. Yeah. So I know, Rachel, that you had, um, like, a traumatic life event happened before a major <laughs> yeah. convention for you. I, I think yeah. that's what you were talking about. Yeah, that's what I was talking um, about. <laughs> are you okay talking about it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um,
2: so it was uh, the, the night before we were leaving for Celebration Orlando, and uh, I came. I, I left work. Uh, and I was like Spider-Man three down the street, like super happy dancing, whistling to myself, went down into the subway, um, got to my stop, looked at my phone and I had a text from my boyfriend and he was like, so don't freak out, but our apartment is on fire. So I came up out of the subway and look, and I could see the fire. Uh, and I was like two blocks away and it ended up being like a 12 ladder, 500 firefighters were there um 250 apartments uh just gone so and i had everything for celebration out on mannequins in my living room everything was ready to be packed when i got home from work because we were leaving like early the next day and i watched like the fire department break through the windows and like mess up my stuff
0: oh my like, god. you know
2: because with the with the fire hoses <gasps> and the fire was actually like the floor above us so we didn't get so much fire as we got water um but it was like gallons and gallons and gallons like just hours and hours of the firefighter so like we lost everything (gasps) um and that you know was just like okay you know i had just crunched for like a month and a half to get a bunch of costumes done to that i was going to debut at celebration uh so yeah Watching that kind of, that was super traumatic, but it was also, and I dealt with a lot of issues afterwards, just like a control issues. of just because of what went down and there were some shady dealings with our landlords and the person that accidentally quote unquote burned our apartment down. Um, So that did not help me, but for many, so many months afterwards I was very angry Uh, and when the next con season rolled around, which happened to be dragon con and it had happened in uh, April. So dragon con is at the end of summer. So I didn't have that many months to recover. Like we had to find a new apartment, move, you know, get everything new. And then I said, Oh, I'm going to make costumes because I felt like if I could control it to that degree, like if I, if nothing could blip, right? Like if I could show up to dragon con with all new costumes and be baller, then the fire hadn't hurt me. And so that's what I did. And then I got, this is such a stupid story, but I mean, it's not stupid, but I did this to myself. So I had stressed myself out to the point where I went, I went to Dragon Con, I had been crunching really hard, this is all post fire. Um, And then immediately after that, I ended up in the ER with transient global amnesia, because the stress basically made my brain turn off at work. And I ended up in the ER I didn't know what year it was like it was stress is bad oh stress gosh. is real and I was one of those people that was like oh, whatever self-care uh, you know you can sleep when you're dead you know that kind of person and all of that happened to me and my body basically told me you are wrong and you need to like take care of yourself so that was all last year here I'm taking
0: it easy that was last year
2: well the fire was 2017 oh yeah I guess that was more than see
0: no. I don't
3: know. Oh my goodness! But a
0: year and a half, two years. Yeah, I remember remembering knowing you then, thinking how stressful. Just like seeing your Facebook updates and posts, thinking how scary it is and how stressful it is and how traumatic it is to lose all of that hard work, like all of that time yeah. and money and energy spent, and to think yeah. like like it can be gone just like that.
2: It can mm-hmm. be gone, and you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I remade everything that I lost. out of of stubbornness (laughs) uh but there were people that were like you should go on the vacation and i was like you don't get it like my apartment doesn't exist i have nowhere to live i'm not just gonna like leave and go on this vacation just Mm -hmm. even without my costumes like that's not the point of this yeah um i mean people totally were there for us and they started to go fund me for us so that we could like get back on our feet it was great i mean i'd never felt i was very humbled Uh, And I've never felt like I had so many friends before in my life. Uh, I was shocked. Uh, But it did teach me that, you know, you, you just can't control it. And you can plan and you can teach yourself, you know, every technique and you can do everything by the book and flip all those hems and do everything perfect. And the universe can still boink you. So I think just giving yourself a break is the most important part of this hobby, because it is a hobby. It's supposed to be
0: fun. Yes, you're right. It is supposed to be fun. I think that sometimes I try to do con crunch, and then at the same time, I'm like, go to sleep. Like, (laughs) if I'm staying up past one o'clock, knowing that, knowing damn well my bedtime is 10pm, I'm just like, you know, I can stay up as late as I want, but like you said, Geisha, when your mind isn't in that right state, like, any small mistake is gonna seem a lot bigger
2: yeah, what's the. Do you guys watch The Great British Bake Off where there's that one famous episode where the guy messed up just a little and then freaked out and put the whole cake in the can? In trash the garbage? Can? No, yes. I haven't.
3: I've seen the. I think wait. there's a meme of him doing that, yeah. but I've never seen the actual episode. But I can relate and I'm just like, nope. Mm-mm.
0: I think. Wait, was that the. Ba- I feel like that was the Baked Alaska. <laughs> was it? <laughs> but it's just like every cosplay
2: the is a Baked so Alaska that you're just trying to get. <laughs> Get to the con and everything is salvageable. Everything can be reworked. Yes. Don't throw it in the bin. But if it's 3 a.m. and you mess it up that way, you're like, screw it. I'm throwing it out. Look what you've done to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Look how you look where you've been and how you've gotten there.
3: (laughs) Yes. No, this that's why for me this year, I have to balance both cosplay and plus size modeling. And there's a lot of conventions that I have to go to now, even now doubly so. So I have to balance both the, the con crunch to aspect and just like prepping for uh, these different fashion expos. And that's why this year I, I definitely said to myself, you know what? It's okay to reuse parts of old costumes to cannibalize and make new outfits. There's, there's, I'm not a lower, lowered cosplayer because of it it doesn't make my quality less you know um i did see some stuff on twitter people were talking about like oh if you buy stuff and doesn't mean you're, you're you're not a cosplayer if you buy stuff and i'm just uh, like okay uh, you guys are completely like bonkers out of here like y'all all need like 10 minutes off they're the weaving your own
2: fabrics i'm sure right so i was
3: just <laughs> like I <have> no <laughs> i
0: i taken, that's ridiculous i've taken the last three harley costumes that i've made and interchanged them like every year i'm like that's it well you know, this top, this bottom, this skirt, this bodysuit, outfit, yeah, new outfit. Yeah,
2: there you go. Because, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm, I won't speak for other people. But for me, I enjoy figuring out how to make stuff. Wearing it is the secondary part of the, of the cosplay for me. And inevitably, I'm just standing around with my friends in like a bar or on the convention floor, not doing anything all that special in a baller costume. But that, you know, it doesn't change my experience, not really. Like I could be there in a t-shirt and jeans and it would be the same. So I try to, I try to you know, give myself that break. I, I, as, for, as, for, as far as people buying stuff, buy stuff, commission stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yes. and they let people have a living. There are people who are really good at, I mean, God, there's so many people that are better at making stuff than I am that I love to commission things or buy a piece from them and incorporate it into my own. That's great. Yes. Yeah.
3: I I see nothing wrong with it. That's why this year I was like, well, I have a bunch of costumes already pre-made. Some stuff I didn't get a chance to debut early in the year last year, so I'm just going to use that now. Like, my dazzler is a perfect example of that. I didn't get a chance to make her in time for FlameCon last year. But I was like, okay, I have her this year, and I wore her this year for FlameCon. With the aerial announcement for the live-action film, I was like, oh, I have a mermaid. The colors are somewhat similar. Let me throw on a wig that's red. And then, boom, I have my Queen Ariel. I never had a Disney cosplay before, but thanks to that, now I have my Queen Ariel cosplay. She's a Disney princess. Everything's do da do da day, And I'm just wearing those particular ones. Um, I have a judo gumo that's already made because I just so happened to get an actual traditional uchikake from a Japanese kimono seller earlier in the year. So I'm like, hey, I have an uchikake.
0: Oh, my God. We made one.
3: This one actually came from Japan. So, of course, I'm yeah. going to rock that. You know, like, it's upgrading. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And because I, I have that, then whatever little things I want to make towards the end of the year, I can have the time in between the different conventions to do that. And I also have a life outside of the con. Like, I'm a cosplay mom. So, I have to, you know, handle home things and family things. So, it's like, I think people forget that, too. Like, yeah, we have the convention. But there's this other thing called life that yep. is constantly happening <laughs> that you need time for like you were saying before like you miss birthdays and yeah. different occasions for me I'm trying to incorporate everyone like I took my daughter to FlameCon this weekend because I was like hey you need positive queer reinforcement come to this convention feel happy be in a welcome space because she's slowly starting to realize that though she's at school, not everyone's home life is the same. And not everybody is as open and welcoming to, you know, different concepts and ideas as we are here in our household. So I wanted her to be in a positive environment so she can understand that she does have a community. Just like for us, as we've grown older, we've seen our friends and developed our own particular communities as well. So it was really good that FlimCon exists because it was really what she needed this weekend. So I'm like, involving, you know, outside aspects, it's still integrated with my cosplay, but I get to work as a guest and also make sure that my family's taken care of too. So it was really nice to do that this weekend.
2: Yeah, that's really cool. I think I liked what you said about community like I and I'm just realizing this now. So I'm sorry, this isn't well thought out comment. But I have so many friends that are also cosplayers and we have like little text chains and little email chains and we'll just send each other stuff. And you know, like good morning, don't worry, your paint's going to dry today. You know, like we all just support each other. And it's really important to have that supportive community. If you're, if the people, if you're competing with everyone, if the people around you aren't supportive of you, if they're just trying to put you down or tell you that what you're doing isn't good enough, then I suggest finding more supportive cosplay friends, because I wouldn't, I mean, gosh, I don't think I'd do it anymore if I was doing it by myself. I mean, I I do a lot of group cosplay now, and it's the best.
0: Yes. (laughs) I can attest to doing a group cosplay with you, but that was one of the most fun cosplays that I've ever, like, in my life of doing was like, this one, heads down, is like one of my favorites.
2: That one, that one was a little like hurting cats because I wasn't, I was trying not to control everyone. That was Rachel post fire, just trying not to control everyone's like, like limbs to like build their costumes for them. I was like, yes. they can do it. They can do it. Everything's going to be fine. Cause we had experienced cosplayers, people who'd never cosplayed before, you know, in that group. And it was great. Everyone looked amazing. Yes. Just let everyone be. That's
0: it. And I feel like with this one, we had a lot of people that pitched in to help out. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no clue how to build things. And I went to someone's house, and I sewed for them, and they built for me. And I was oh. like, perfect. Mm-hmm. I can do this all, all day long. Like, I can just sit at a sewing machine all day long. And I love that, that in the cosplay community, having people that support you and having people like – if you don't know how to do this, let me teach you or I can help you if you can help me with this. Like right. Cuz you're right. If you are competing, it it's going to tire you out and I feel like you'll burn out way faster if you don't have that supportive community. Yeah,
2: and Instagram makes that so hard because again, so many of the more, of the more prominent cosplayers that you're if you're new to it, especially, and you're on Instagram and you're looking for people to follow, most of those people that you're going to find and follow are professionals. They do it for mm-hmm. a living. They don't have a day job you know, they're cranking out costumes faster. They have connections. They know people who can make props for mm-hmm. them. Uh, You know, you cannot compare yourself to those people. And I mean, everything's a lie anyway. Like half the stuff that like, I have a seventh sister that is um one of my more well-known costumes. And I've been in a couple like music videos with mm-hmm. it. I, everything on that costume that looks cool that people like, I didn't make that. My boyfriend made it. And People just think, oh, you're so talented. You just rocked that!" I'm like, no, that took eight months to make. And I didn't even make all the cool stuff like <laughs> someone else did. So, you know, I think that people put up so much pressure on themselves. Because they're looking at cosplayers that have been doing it for, you know, 15 years mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, I should be able to do it just like them. It's like, eh. Do you. Do what you can do and be proud of that. Like, yeah. the only person that you should be trying to impress is yourself.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I tell most people that if you see someone, they most likely have a team. I have a team. And it's not a lot of people, but most of us have a team, whether it's one other person or two other people or someone that does the props, the makeup, the hair, the sewing, the photography. That's yeah.
2: what people don't realize. And good photographers can make your so-so cosplay
0: look great. Oh, so yes.
2: Prop you to your photographers. Yes, And absolutely. pay them well.
0: <laughs> because I that Harley I did last year was there are some parts of it I was like I can cover and hide and that (laughs) photographer made it look like we were like straight up in Gotham (laughs) but yeah have a community and have a dope photographer
2: yeah Um, I don't believe everything you see on social media oh yeah too
0: yes and I know you said you just went. I think you both were at right?
2: Yeah, I was at FlameCon for, like, two hours.
0: (laughs) You were at FlameCon. So that's one of the more recent conventions that happened. But what's it like dealing with anxiety in cosplays at a convention?
3: Oh, boy. Okay, so I guess it it depends on, like, what the scenario is. Because, for instance, if I'm walking into New York Comic Con and... I just so happen to be wearing something that people, for whatever reason, it's trending or people really are are enjoying. Then what ends up happening is you can't move for like 10 to 45 minutes. And if you're not ready for that, even if you've been cosplaying for a while, like there is a mental mode that I have to get into. Like I will literally put in my headphones and on my way, walking to the convention, I will play like a particular like playlist to get myself mentally revved up in character. Like, this is my thing. If I don't prep myself like that, and then I'm walking, like I, I I feel stuck. And I'm just like, wait, can you guys give me a second? And the public isn't going to do that. And it's it goes beyond the cosplay is not consent thing. It's just like, you're just in the middle of a huge crowd of people. And their aspect is just to consume whatever media is coming through their way. It's overwhelming sometimes. So you definitely have to try to to give yourself a little buffer before you walk in into a convention space. If it does happen and you're not prepared for it, count to 10 to yourself, take deep breaths, you know, understand that like the people there aren't there to be, you know, mean, they're not there to do anything to you negatively. If you need to move, you can definitely tell them like, Hey, thank you for the pictures, but I really have to go. I need to get to, you know, a quiet space or I have to adjust my costume. And I can't stand here for you guys to take your pictures for the next 45 minutes. Like, go. I know some people feel kind of bad about doing that, but if if it's overwhelming, they're not paying you. You're doing this nope. because this is what you like to do. And so I feel a lot of folks forget that we're not we're not fiscally obligated to be there for them to take their pictures, so you are allowed to walk away, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 have that moment. It, it's it's okay i i really do applaud conventions that do have quiet spaces like i think for flame con they did have kind of like an afk kind of room for people to go off into i know new York new york comic con at times has had a small cosplay space for people to you know go off and veg off a little bit more conventions i think need to have that because we we do need that because even i took my breaks while i was at flame con and mind you it's it's definitely not big as new york comic con but it is a very large space regardless. And when you have a lot of people coming at you from different angles, it's a lot of work. It's mental. It's emotional. You know, it's it's physically taxing. And you do need to have those moments where it's like, okay, glass of water, five minutes to myself, breathe in, breathe out, and then go back out there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a hard time cosplaying at New York Comic Con, although I do it. Um, but if people ask me, should I, I usually tell them no. <laughs> and they've been improving every year and providing more spaces for people to change and rest and store their things um, in the quiet rooms, like you mentioned. But I prefer conventions where you can go up to your room, like where the ho- where it's like a hotel situation where you can go up and, and veg out, adjust your costume, look in a mirror, put on makeup again, like touch up your makeup without it being like in the open uh yeah new york comic-con is rough i've had and like you said i've i've told people like i'm sorry i'm I'm trying to get somewhere i can't stop right now and most of the time people are very cool about that and then you know but it only takes one person not being cool about that to really just like mess up like hours of your life just Mm because you dwell on it um like last year i had a press person scream at me uh, because I was in my Circe and I was done and I was getting ready to leave and I had like taken off half the costume because it's very difficult to walk in and she wanted me to put everything back on so she could take a photo because she's press and blah. I was like I'm done like you you're done and then I had hand I, I always have someone who's acting as a handler or or someone that is like in a more um, movable costume that can be the person to break through the crowd or like hold a bag or something and even they, arguing with them—it was such a bizarre. It's like, Don't treat people like that. We're not—we're not mannequins. No, we're not getting paid, but we are a huge draw for the convention. Right? A lot of people, mm. me included, go specifically to see cosplay and cosplayers, and they're not going to go if it's a horrible experience and you treat them badly. Mm-hmm. So don't.
0: So thanks for sharing. We're just going to take a quick break for an ad, and then we'll be right back with Rachel and Geisha.
1: Hey, Arkita, let's talk about Little Petal.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love those dresses.
1: Yeah, I love that you can get a dress based on any character in pretty much any fandom.
0: Yeah, and you know what's so great is that they're going to fit perfectly because they're all custom made to your measurements.
1: Yeah, I hate going to the store and trying on a hundred shirts that fit awkwardly in my shoulders or on my waist. I know. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable and so frustrating. It is. And you want to know
0: what's even better? What? Is that they have pockets. Like yes. actual snack-sized pockets. <laughs>
1: Yes, and they're for any body size. And pricing is never based on size.
0: And you know what's cool about the dresses is that they are all convertible. So you can mix it up any way you want. And there's over 40 tutorials taught by the customers on the Little Petal website.
1: They look like completely different dresses depending on how you tie it up, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm excited to be strapless. (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) And impressively, they can... They can hold up the most, uh, what's the right word? Gifted chests. <laughs> well endowed. Well endowed chests. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I also love that you can wear the dresses pretty much anywhere. You can wear them to conventions, you can wear them to work, you can wear them to parties. Yeah, it's like
0: an easy, casual, non committal cosplay. Usually
1: they're still recognizable. So, yeah. You can have a really cool Iron Man dress because it's red and gold and it has it in the right places. Or a Harley Quinn dress that's red and black but, and is totally recognizable as a Harley Quinn dress.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited for my Ravenclaw dress to come because I bought it at Dragon Con, and I got a fit right there, got my measurements taken, and it was super fast and easy and the most comfortable experience I've ever had with getting a dress custom-made for me. Nice. What about you? Do you have any dresses
1: by Little Petal? Yeah, I have the blue evening gown that Diana wears in the gala scene in Wonder Woman, which is very specific, but I love it, and that dress pretty much looks good on anybody who wears it. So I love... Wearing that dress because it makes me feel super powerful.
0: You look powerful in that dress. Thanks, bro. So if you're interested in getting a dress from Little Pedal, you can get twenty-five dollars off your dress with the coupon code FAW on the website littlepedal.net. Once
1: again, that's the coupon code FAW on the website littlepedal.net. And their Instagram is little Their Facebook is Alliance. And their Twitter is LittlePetal underscore.
0: And we're back. So I know that we were talking about, like, uh, cosplays not consent in terms of, like, not wanting to be photographed or just, like, Needing time and space for yourself. And I know last year, Geisha, you had a panel at the NYCC. Mm-hmm. I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was like, I have to go to this. And then I saw that it was you, and I was like, I definitely have to go to this. <laughs> Do you have any issues with it when it comes to people disregarding that rule and how does it affect your like convention experience? Oh boy. Um Okay. So
2: Do we have five hours. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Pretty much. Um, This is actually for this weekend at FlameCon. We we had a panel on uh, cosplay and the male gaze. And I did get a chance to share uh, one of the stories of basically that. Like what happens when um, the situation ends up being people at the convention not respecting that cosplay is not consent. So for me, one of I, I feel like the most crazy situations because I've I've had the the occasional person comes by takes a picture of your ass and decides like they're going to run away and of course you have to chase them down, um, had that person stop show me that they delete the photo that whole thing and it's it's jarring but if you think that that was the worst to me no that's not the worst I, I have had happen um, I had a situation where. There were two couples that came in at WinterCon, and I was in my black cat costume. Now, for me, I feel black cat is – I'm generally covered from head to toe. It's just this really deep v-neck area that's exposed. I'm like, okay, it's cleavage. This is not something that people have not seen. You know, They're just boobs. But apparently, um, these two couples that came through, they want to have a picture. The girls were going to take a picture of the guy standing by me. All right, standard. Fine. No problem. Once the guys stand by me, it's like, all right, he's here, he's there, we're standing, boom, everything's cool. Right as she's about to take the picture, that's when they decide to change their positions. And the one guy that's standing on the right of me decides that he's going to lean over me and touch my boob with his tongue. I was like, wow, I'm not at Exoticon where I would I would be more okay you know, if the person asked for that to be there, because that's the kind of, you know, adult entertainment thing, fine. But I'm like, you didn't even ask me, I know some people who are very comfortable, and they wouldn't mind taking a photo like that. And that's completely respectable. But I was like, you didn't even ask me if I would be okay with that kind of thing. So you didn't even give me the opportunity to say yes or no, you just decided to do it. Mind you, You're clearly with someone. And I was just like, there was like layers to my my shock and awe and horror. That's awful. Right? It was a lesson to me on both parts of like, first, that not all guys are going to be gentlemen. And also, there's a lot of women who are okay with this nonsensical misandry and misogynistic behavior that their marital partners do. And I was really, I think I was more hurt by that than the guys doing what they did because I was always... I always had hope that other women, because we generally go through a lot of the same things, that there's a there's a general understanding, you know, that I don't have to explain certain things, because unfortunately, I don't I do know that most women do experience a lot of the the backhandedness of the patriarchal society that we have to deal with. So if, if I was if I was a different person or a brand new cosplayer, I think that that would turn me off to doing anything that was revealing because it's such a traumatic experience. But because I have been doing this for quite some time, I do have to remind myself that that's not everybody. But that does make me a bit more skittish when it does come to people coming closer to me in photographs, because right now I'm still doing with the anxiety of like, are they going to do something dumb? And I think that's, it's unfortunate, but it's a thing in my head now constantly, like I'm waiting for the negative to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then I get really happy. But I have to now my, – my brain is, like, set to expect the worst and just safeguard myself from that now.
2: Yeah, what you said, I generally don't agree to take photos with people ex- because of that. Like, little kids, I'll take pictures with kids. But if, like, grown-ups want to take photos with me, I I don't <laughs> because too many things like that have happened to me. Um. I think the other the other side of cosplay is not consent is that there is like this there is a con culture and because of the popularity of conventions and the accessibility of conventions you know people are going for the first time and they're new and it's great and wonderful but they don't know that there are rules that you should ask permission to take someone's photo that you know your that you know ass shots are not cool uh, they don't even know what cosplay. Is that consent means my biggest thing is when people touch me, uh, and that happens a lot. Some of my, especially in like, for example, my Cersei cosplay, that fabric was $80 a yard, it's the screen used fabric from the Game of Thrones show, and it's very cool looking. And people walk up to me and just put their hands on me because they want to touch it. Nope, Mm -hmm. and that just i'm like come on are you kidding me like don't touch it it's like a museum it's like don't touch me like Mm -hmm. don't touch the paintings don't touch me and i even had people ask if they could touch me and i say no and then they cop an attitude wow so you know i it's like it doesn't have to be sexual in nature for it to not to to qualify as you know not consent either Mm -hmm. like i think that it's i wish that there was an easier way for us to orient new people and it's not always new people but yeah you know to orient new people to say you know you are supposed to ask permission there's also like a weird thing i've seen especially on the east coast where when people take your photo they show you the photo that they've taken which i kind of appreciate
0: because mm-hmm.
2: it's like see i didn't do anything weird this is the yeah. photo i took and then they leave which i i like that
0: i also add that um, I know you said this in your panel last year, just because someone has a camera does not mean that they're professional.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: And I've had it, and I had it happen last year, and I think it was after, it happened in the morning, and then I went to your panel, and this person saw me again. Like, I was in my Harley, I was in my bunny Harley costume cosplay, and it was one of the first, I think it was, like, the first sexy cosplay I've done in, like, a very, very, very long time. And I was very, I was actually shocked at how very little sexual attention I was getting and I was like wow okay I like this I can be sexy and no one wants to bother me this is a great feeling but there was another cosplay who's doing Catwoman and this guy like was like oh take a picture with her and I'm like all right cool I'll do this and then he's like trying to position me instead of saying hey I need you to do xyz he grabbed my whole arm and dragged me around her and I was like okay I don't know how to handle this situation like I didn't have my friends with me at the time usually like if there's more of us it's like easier to be like can you calm down mm-hmm. but I was like alone in this situation and then I went to your panel and it's like you said because they have a camera doesn't mean they're professional you can say no and he saw me again later that day I was like can't take your picture And I was like no mm-hmm. no you can't
2: yeah no you cannot no, thank you very can't. much exactly and
0: I think that's one of the hard things that I wish I had known starting out with cosplays. It's okay to say no. Someone can want your picture, but you can just be like, no, you don't want to. You're not in the mood. You're not ready. Like, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it's your reason alone and you don't have to explain it to anybody. But, like, you saying no means that, like, they should respect that and leave you alone.
2: Yeah. The only difference is that you're wearing a cool costume and you don't generally do that. I mean, so what? That, That means nothing. Like, yeah. I, I mean it is a wonderful hobby, and I have been able to be creative, to feel like a badass, to like feel outside of my life, to 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 occupy my body with a character that I admire, right? Like to 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 channel that character through me is empowering. Uh and I love the opportunities that cosplay has given me, but cosplay owes you nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are the medium, therefore you control well you should control every aspect of it what you're posting online what people say to you on your instagram accounts delete that ban people do not put up with Mm -hmm. that just because they're giving you likes who cares like that does not mean they can be gross and the same thing goes in person i'm like that cosplay over 30 like i don't care about any of this anymore and i don't need your (laughs) approval and it took me a while to get there but you know if i could just shake every new cosplayer and say oh you don't need anyone else's approval and they don't you don't have to put up with people behaving badly for validation
0: yeah question now do either of you have ways that you can diffuse like potentially dangerous or harmful situations with people that don't get cosplay is not consent like, what are things yes. that you guys do?
2: Um, things that I've done. Uh, if I notice someone is taking inappropriate photos, like, from behind or, or uh, you know, things that they shouldn't be doing, I will ruin the shot, uh, which is a great passive way of getting rid of them. Like, you don't have to – if you don't feel comfortable with confronting that person, you can just ruin the shot. Mm-hmm. Just walk into the shot, move it so that your shoulder is in the way, um, you know, position them in a different way. Just be like, oh, look over there. They want a picture, you know. That helps because then people lose interest and leave. That's mm-hmm. my biggest one.
3: Yeah. No, it's, it's a really good idea. For me, um, well, always have to have somebody around that kid watch your back because that's what wound up happening to me at Wizard World Philadelphia. I was fixing my gauntlet and the <laughs> I use the term gentleman usually uh, came up behind me, snapped a picture, but my friend was with me and they noticed so like when you have someone who's literally watching your back that also helps if you don't i always suggest new cosplayers to always bring a buddy with them If even if that person's not a cosplayer just to have someone with you so you do have that extra support because the crowd can get overwhelming. If this is very new for people, it, it can definitely become a situation where you feel like you don't have a voice yet. If you have a friend who tends to be like the louder person, having that person come along with you definitely um, is advised. If you feel that you're in a situation that's uncomfortable and you don't have anybody around you and you really do want to ask for help but you don't know how, I'm always telling people just run up to somebody random and ask them if they have a piece of gum. It's such a random thing to say that it won't really come off wrong to a complete stranger. It will pause them and and cause them to be like, oh, I I don't. But that conversation can be like three to five seconds long and enough to deflect whatever attention that you're getting from another person that you don't want to have. And they'll most likely not want to intervene and come up to you if that's the situation. Because I tend to feel that people that are like that They only want to seek power in that situation. And if they feel that you are timid or you're impressionable and they could just run up and just take photos of you or just grab you in whatever position, the moment you remove that power from that control situation, then they can't regain that. And they're very skittish and then they'll just leave. So generally speaking, I suggest those kind of ways to deflect the situation. If the person still persists, because unfortunately there are some who do, usually if you ask someone for a piece of gum, people are going to peep your body language and be like, Hey, you need some help. And once you open up that conversation, most folks would be like, okay, I got you. And they'll step in for you. But I tell people all the time, do not worry about asking for help. Feel free to do it because the, c- the culture as itself, like you were saying before, like we are very, very well aware that these things happen. So ask any of us and yeah, we'll be there to be that actual third person to step in.
2: Yeah, totally. And I think also going into Dragon Con, which is one of the party cons where people are drinking a lot. Security is your friend. I -hmm. have, I have had to go to security and have people removed, Um, whether it's in the hotels or and the con itself, you know, I never felt bad about it. And some people some people do they feel guilty that they're that they're ruining someone's night because they did something inappropriate and they were drunk. Uh but you know what it doesn't fly in real life it doesn't fly at con so no. if you need to walk over security and say hey you know what that guy over there is grabbing people or you know he won't leave me alone that's what they're there for take advantage of security yeah definitely
0: and how would you say that being a cosplayer on social media has affected you like you said people on the internet feel free to use their voice however not realizing that that's a person on the other side.
2: Yeah, I aggressively curate my social media so that the only thing I see is positive and stuff I like to see, which has been very great. Um, I don't allow people to message me if I don't follow them. Um, Sometimes I miss out on photographers contacting me or meetups, uh, but on the whole, I think that's better for my sanity (laughs) Um, because I just don't, I don't want random dick pictures and like people telling me that I sewed something wrong or that I'm wearing the wrong color wig or like whatever. I don't I don't like your criticisms are not noted and not asked for. Uh I'm I'm enough. (laughs) So that that's what I do is I just curate the hell out of my social media.
3: That's a good look for me. Um I'm really active on both Twitter and Instagram. So for my Twitter interaction, the blockchain uh, apps mm-hmm. that they have have been a godsend because it has definitely improved the quality of my Twitter experience. Um, and for me, since just apparently my very existence as a dark skin plus size cosplayer uh, somehow disturbs other very ignorant and um, lazy, uncreative, jerk people, I unfortunately, despite how I monitor and curate and whatnot, I will still end up getting um, negative comments every so often. I will get those uh, well-known dick pics that people tend to, unfortunately. And thanks to technology, I've even received videos. So it's it's been a very interesting oh, experience. Um, oh, yeah. it's. I was like, does this mean I'm famous now because they've upped the <laughs> entity? Yeah. I don't even know, like, should I take it as some weird, like, Yes, you are now, you know, up on the upper <laughs> echelon. Um, but th- th- and that's the oh, thing that, like, God. people people who are haters don't really seem to understand that. It's like you're taking time out of your day, not mine, but your day to write a negative comment or a video or a picture to this person. Therefore, you've allowed the world to stop and rotate around that person or that person's concept. You're still giving us attention. Um, it may not be the attention that, of course, we ideally want. But if your whole thing is like, "Oh well, you shouldn't do this because no one likes it," well, clearly, whatever I did was so awesome it made you a person who dislikes, as you say, what I do. Devote some of your attention to me, which, when in, in and of itself, deflects what they actually want to say. So I've I've looked at it from that perspective, and I won't lie and say that you know when I do stumble across certain things that it doesn't hurt because I am human and it does. But at the same time, I do try to do as much self-care as I can because I know that as long as people are going to be stupid about this, they're going to constantly come at me from various angles with negativity. But if I allow that to stop me from doing what I want to do and what I feel I should do, in the end, that means they win and they really shouldn't because they're not doing anything to make the world a better place. Whereas I'm just living my life and apparently a lot of people do benefit from that because they like what I do. So one definitely outweighs the other in terms of importance and effort and what should be dedicated. So I rather feed that wolf than allowing people to, you know, stop me. So I have, like I said, the blockchain, I have the block button. I don't feel bad about it. Um, I'll make fun of people who come at me. I've tried to use humor in a very healing and cathartic way, and I've gotten really good at it. So, um, even in talking to people in person, when they start to tell me about you know unfortunate situations that have happened to them, and I see their mood changing just because they're recounting the experience, I'm very quick now to ask them, "Hey, what's the worst thing anyone's called you?" And it just brings them immediately to that main focal point, and they'll tell me, and I'll be like, "Okay, they called you this." I called I got called this name too. Like, what happened to the creativity? Why is it that because we're plus size, everyone wants to relate to us as whales? Well? Like, what's up with that? And <coughs> turn it into a very humorous, like Seinfeld episode kind of thing. And I've I've witnessed in like as it happens, it changes that person's perspective of the situation and it applies a positive spin for their mindset from that point. And as they're sharing with me their experience, they go from being very sad and depressed to more elated and more positive. And I, I'm trying really hard to help everybody get to that point because this stuff can be gruesome. Even if you're not trying to be here for like the numerous likes, just even recounting what happens to someone that you know you look up to. I don't want anyone to feel bad. Like I want people to be happy about this. I want people to have as, as great of an emotion even to be honest and open with their feelings. So I, I try very hard to keep everybody up on that up and up. And it's exhausting, but if I balance with self care, <laughs> it it helps out a lot. So I definitely recommend that to everybody else as well.
0: That's great. And then, the, like, any tips you have for anyone dealing with anxiety or depression, wanting to get into cosplay?
2: You know, I for me, it's it's about the creative process, about the the puzzle piece of of looking at you know a drawing or a video game character or, or something, and, and trying to figure out well, what does that look like in real life? Uh, putting my own spin on things, that is cathartic. That creative, you know, impulse I think that every human being has to make something. Even if they think, I, so many people tell me, oh, I can't make that. Oh, you, you, you're so good at that. You're so talented. I am not. I have no idea what I'm doing at all, ever. I cannot draw. I just keep doing it. Perseverance is key. And you just have to know that you're going to mess up. But that if you keep trying at the end, you're going to have something that you're proud of. And you're, you're always improving. So something that you made last year might be embarrassing to you now, but you were proud of it then. And look forward to that improving, right? Like, so many people think that they're just, they have to be perfect at the, from the get out. And it's like, no, it's like sports. You're not good when you first start. Sewing is the same, you know, foam smithing is the same. And not everyone has, I have a tiny little apartment in New York. I'm not out there in a workshop, you know, I, I have completely different restrictions than someone else. I cannot compare myself to how they do things. I'm constantly looking for ways to do things that are safe that don't require me to be, you know, outside um, in a big mask or something. So being proud of what you can accomplish within the restrictions that you have in your life, whether you're a mom or you have a day job or you have a tiny little apartment or limited funds, that's what the hobby is about. It's not about, you know, it's not a beauty contest. It's not a pageant. You don't need to be the best. No one's out there flipping your hem on the floor. They're not. (laughs) So have fun.
3: Yeah, no, she she said it very well. Um, I'm in a similar situation. Like for our apartment here in New York, it is not a huge mansion. So when I see folks and they have their workspace and they have their rebreather masks and they can go outside and have all that great airbrushing space, I'm like, Wow, how can I do that on a budget under a hundred dollars within like a five by ten space? Yeah. Because that's that's what we have. You know, fortunately I, I luckily have a balcony, which I know even for New York standards is like a rarity. So I on occasion get to use some spray paint, you know, in a space without having to have a rebreather. But um as a whole, you know, my thing to folks is is just simply like don't don't allow the pressures get to you, you know. Um you can look at what we do, like we said before, a lot of folks have a team. Um don't be afraid to ask questions if if you're looking at something and you're starting to doubt yourself of like, oh well can I can I really accomplish this? you're not gonna know until you try. And not everything has to be done with the cinematic proportions, you know for those of us who've been in the game for a long time, we have a bit of advanced knowledge where if we want to increase the challenge, we can. but for most people, I tell them I'm like, don't don't make things hard. be work smart, not hard if you can yeah, buy something, make it look good on you yeah like you know if, if you can buy something and you have to buy a larger size because that's just how your body is cut there's no rule that says it has to look cute on the hanger and on you at the same time most stuff doesn't like whatever these skin tight bodysuits people see it's just like that that's not how it looks on the rack when sitting in the wall it's just you know a piece of vinyl but when you put it on the person it's the person that makes the outfit not the outfit that makes the person. And I I really feel that that's a huge aspect of cosplay that's been lost. Because without you as an individual wearing the costume, it's
2: lifeless. Oh, yeah. There are so many cosplays that go viral. And if you really look at it and you compare it to whatever the source material is, it's not really that accurate. Mm -mm. But the person's wearing the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's viral. Exactly. Because – they are embodying it, and they're having fun. Yep.
3: Yes, that's really important.
2: And also, just like what you're
3: doing, if if you're if you're doing a costume because you want to jump on the hype train, but your your heart's not really into the costume, then it doesn't matter. Like how great your your craftsmanship is, you're not going to really enjoy it. You're not going to enjoy wearing it. You're not going to enjoy investing in it. So also, too, like I think a lot of new cosplayers they jump on that hype train because they want to get that viral sensationalism, and don't you're going to waste so much time and money and effort and you're going to be very unhappy at the end of it. So I I definitely advise people to not worry about the hype train, like just do what you want to do because you want to do it. It works out way better in the end.
0: Thank you. And one last question. What is some advice that you would have given your younger self starting out cosplay still new to it?
2: My, my number one thing would be you don't have to be the first person to do a thing. And do the costumes you want to do, even if someone else is out there doing it better, because you want to do it. Just do it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is really good advice, because for a long time, I had I had started with Harley, and then I took a break from it, because I was like, everyone else does for way better. Why should I do it? But Because like, you want to. I want to, and mm-hmm. I want to put my own spin on it, and no one's going to exactly. be you in that cosplay.
2: Yep.
3: For me, what can I tell my younger self? Um, sleep more. It's okay <laughs> to leave a costume half finished and work on it the next day. It's not going to get up and haunt you in your dreams because it's not done. Um, it's also okay to not have the absolute perfect makeup. You don't have to have all the bells and whistles every time. You can start out on a level of one and then eventually gradually build up to point two. Um I know I got really, really, really good at makeup because I didn't allow myself that time, but thinking back on it, I think I probably would have enjoyed a lot more costumes um and events a lot more had I A been there longer because I didn't spend, you know, five hours trying to get that pattern absolutely freaking perfect, and B, I wouldn't have stressed myself out so much. So Yeah, definitely. I would tell my younger self and just younger folks in general, like, give yourself time. It's okay. You will have another opportunity to wear that costume. This is not a one time thing. And I think all too often, we we start things out in the beginning, thinking that this is the one and only convention we're going to get this to, to, to do this for. And that's why we put so much pressure
0: on us. So, yeah. Thanks so much for being on. So where can anyone listening find you online?
2: Uh, I am on Twitter at Darth Rachel. I'm on Instagram at Darth underscore Rachel. And you can also hear me on uh, Buckkeep Radio, which is a podcast that we are doing that's rereading through all of Robin Hobb's Realm of the Elderlings books. You can find me on Read This Fucking Book, which is uh, another podcast where we read genre fiction. And I'm also on the Fire and Lunch podcast, which is all about Game of Thrones. Yes. For me,
3: you can find me on Twitter at Goddess Geisha. You can find me on Instagram at Geisha V. That's G-E-I-S-H-A-V-I. You can Google my name, Geisha V, and you'll find me popping up in a bunch of different spots. And if you're on Facebook, you can find me at um, facebook.com slash Geisha V Cosplay. Um, I have a Tumblr under Goddess Geisha V. I don't even know if Tumblr really is still kicking right now, but that's there. I I have articles every so often. But um, you could also find me on my website at www.geishavi.com
0: as well. Thanks so much for listening. Take a moment to subscribe, review, and rate us. It's the easiest way to help support our podcast. This week's review comes from Juliana on Facebook. They say, the podcast is so warm and inviting. My therapist noticed when I started listening because of how good I was feeling. Aww.
1: Oh. Oh, it's really nice. <laughs> it is. Um,
0: it's one of my favorite means of self-care to be honest. The lovely ladies on the podcast brighten up my work days, and I'm so I'm always so happy when a new episode is up. And I've told loads of my coworkers I need a shirt that has the sign-off. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get we'll get that hopefully someday. And if you want to chat with us about the episode, our social medias are Fandom and Wellness on Instagram, Fandom and Wellness on Facebook, and Fandom Wellness on Twitter. You can also find me at the Sheet Geek NYC on Instagram. Jenny at Box of Shadows on Instagram and Danielle at Little Petal on Instagram. And if you want bonus content, join our fandom family at patreon.com slash fandom and wellness for Patreon exclusive geek sessions. Um, So Rachel and Geisha, would you like to do our sign off?
2: Be
3: kind. And take no shit.
0: Yes.